Greetings. Welcome to CDK Ministries Podcast, an ongoing series of biblical sermons and talks delivered by Reverend Dr. David Kaler. I'm Pastor Dave. To get more content, including a link to the YouTube version of this sermon, go to cdkministries.com. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's head over to the worship service to receive a word from the Lord. Please pray with me. Lord God, our prayer for understanding is simple this morning. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. In Christ's name, amen. And uh, before our lecture reads for just a second, um, I just want to give a little context to help us kind of center in on what the Lord has to share with us this morning. Uh, Samuel was born about 1100 B.C. It was about three millennia ago. Uh, Samuel's miraculous birth, along with his mother's vow to lend him to the Lord, they kind of all contributed to him, contributed to him being a, a prophet. And uh, we find him in these verses at a young age, maybe somewhere between 8 and 12, uh, ministering under the tutelage of Eli, the priest. And Samuel's obedience in this chapter is in contrast to the previous chapter, chapter 2, where we find the sons of Eli um, whose sacrilege and greed have profaned the Lord's women as well as the Lord's portion of the people's offerings. So we pick up our scripture now with Samuel's calling into prophetic ministry. The scripture reading for today is from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. This can be found on page 215 of your Pew Bibles. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, who was, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again. Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. 
Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, for the Lord re revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <coughs> So uh, many of us have a smartphone that sometimes make us feel dumb, but they're supposed to do these things that have a myriad of uh, communication uh, apps, ways to talk to us. Most of my calls now are from people who want me to extend my warranty, which I don't even have. <laughs> now the emails I can kind of sort between work, leisure-related activities, and spam. And uh, my texts are usually from friends and maybe from a few work associates. What about God? Is there an app for him? I mean, we have his word, the Bible, right? But the God of the Bible seems to be more dynamic in his communication than just words on a page or on a screen. How do we discern and put God's call on our lives? into action. In Samuel's time, the rarity of God's vision and word, uh, the rarity of visitation and word or vision, could have meant that the Lord was displeased with his people, therefore holding back his word and his vision. This is just juxtaposed to the word and vision and favor that God was about to give Samuel. Even if the lack of God's word didn't point to God's displeasure, in the very least, it pointed to the reality that there was once times of greater blessing, when people had more readily received guidance from Lord's word and vision. We're living in a different age now than 3,000 years ago. We're in the age of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ has come to earth, ministered to us, discipled to us, died for our sins on the cross, rose again for our eternal life, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And God's Holy Spirit has been poured out on us. If you remember the account in Pentecost, of Pentecost in Acts 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. That is, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he begins to quote Joel 2, 28 and following. It says, in the last day, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all the people. You all have the Holy Spirit. All who believe in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, right now, this morning, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And indeed, it was the Holy Spirit that drove you to come and say that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. 
and I'll pour out my spirit on all your people. And here's it. Your sons and daughter, daughters will prophesy. It's almost as if we're going back to the time of Samuel, isn't it? Where Samuel, little boy, is prophesying. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So we're in a different time now than was, was in 1 Samuel. We have God's word in so many media forms now. It's written. It's spoken in MP3s. It's streamed. We have video presentations of God's word. We have young and old prophesying and seeing visions. Just turn on the TV. You'll eventually get to some religious channel, and you'll see some young people and some old people all sharing God's word and God's vision. Still, without the Holy Spirit's revelation in our lives, these words and visions of God's calling can seem lifeless and lackluster. Have you ever experienced a time in your life when a word from the Lord seemed rare? And a direction of where to go next in your life was infrequent. Maybe a part or a whole of your life is feeling that way right now. Maybe you're waiting with bated breath, wondering if the incoming pastor will bring a word and vision from the Lord. And maybe that's why sometimes we long for those revival periods of history, like the Great Awakening of 1734 to 43, or the Second Great Awakening from uh, 1850s to 1900s, and, and the G, or excuse me, that was um, the Second Great Awakening of 1800 to 1840, or the Third Great Awakening, which was 1850 to the 1900s, and, and the Jesus Movement of the 60s and 70s. And while these periods bring God's blessing to the forefront, it can make his blessing seem that much more distant in times like today. It can feel like our own vision has grown dim and the flame for God flickering towards going out. The setting of this passage is probably early evening, where the lamp of God had not yet burned up the day's oil, but dark enough that Eli whose own vision had grown dim, could not see anything really but shadows. And I can only imagine what he must have been ruminating over while he lay there. In the previous chapter, he was given a prophecy that his lineage was going to be wiped away on account of their iniquity and blasphemy. He had no one left to invest his wisdom and spirituality into. The word and vision of God were rare in those days. But the lamp of God had not yet gone out. When all hope seems lost and the priests and sons profane the word of God with greed and contempt, God provides a way. Just as God provided a ram as a substitute for the sacrifice of Isaac, just as God provided Jesus as a substitute atonement for our sins, God provides Samuel as a substitute for Eli's heritage. All is not lost for us here in 2024. God is providing a way for us to put God's calling on our lives into action, even when it seems as if we can't receive his communication for such a calling. He's provided those of us with uh, sons and daughters, maybe aren't returning to church, with new people to invest in. New people to invest our godly wisdom 
and to disciple. So we look at the interaction here in these verses, we can see how that might be applied to our own circumstances. Number one, God initiates the conversation. God called Samuel first. And the same is true for us. God initiates the conversation. We don't get to imagine God calling us. We don't get to direct the time and place and manner in which God calls us. It's God's time, God's location, God's orchestration. He initiates calling us and giving us revelation. He might reveal himself as intelligent design in nature, or more specifically in his word. He might call you with an audible voice as he did Samuel. However the manner, God initiates the conversation. Two, we verify that it's God talking to us. In this age of misinformation and disinformation, it is very important to verify that what you're receiving is a true communication. So for Samuel, that meant going to the trusted, wise Christian counsel of Eli saying, Here I am for you, call me. Okay, so it wasn't that neat and tidy, was it? Took about three times, didn't it? For both of them to figure out that, oh, wait, wait, this is God talking. It was messy. Samuel thought it was Eli calling him at first, but together they figured out and authenticated that it was God talking to Samuel. There's other ways we can verify the conversation is from God, simply by searching God's word. God does not change, and his word does not change. Therefore, whatever he tells us in 2024 cannot contradict his revelation in Holy Scripture. So if what we are receiving as a message from God is in line with what God says in the whole of the Bible, not be taking out one sort of passage out of the entire con, the whole of the Bible, then we can have some assurance that maybe this message can be lived out in faith. Conversely, we can junk the message if it contradicts what God tells us in His word, if it contradicts what God says in His Word, the Holy Bible. So, one, God initiates the conversation. Two, we verify that it's God talking to us. Three, we respond that we're ready to receive. Once folks in our lives, like Eli, perceive that God is calling us, we take their instruction to hearts and we respond to the Lord, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Notice how Samuel's instructed to not just show up, not just say, Here I am. Eli doesn't say, Well, just as you approached me and said, Here I am, just say that to the Lord. Here I am. No, show up ready to receive. Say, Speak, Lord. For your servant hears. And notice how he goes back to saying, here I am, when he sees Eli the next morning when Eli calls him. So if you were out partying late last night, or staying up longer to binge watching a few more episodes, or watching that team cremate the other team, <laughs> I'm glad you're still here and chose to worship. I've had some of those Sunday mornings too. I, I, can, I confess. And better is one day with the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. So just showing up and spending time with God is better than not spending time with God at all. But if you want to move into a deeper relationship with God, then respond with a readiness to receive. It's enough to show up for siblings of this human race like Samuel did and say, here I am. 
And the same is true for spending time with the Lord. Still, may these passages spur us to move past just showing up towards being ready and eager to receive God's word and God's vision for us. You know, another interesting thing to note here is Samuel didn't repeat the phrase word for word when it actually came time to respond to the Lord. He was, uh, Samuel, uh, Eli instructed him to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And he said, Speak, for your servant hears. And God still answers. This shows God caring more about meeting our willing hearts than about us getting the passphrase perfect. When asked to choose between a learned disciple and a willing disciple, I'll take a willing disciple anytime. Because a teachable disciple is far better than a knowledgeable disciple. And so it is with God. A willing heart is better than a perfected response. So one, God initiates the conversation. Two, we verify that it's God talking to us. Three, we respond and we're ready to receive with, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Four, we receive the instructions no matter how hard it is to bear. The word that God delivered to Samuel was not kind to his mentor, Eli. But it was truth nonetheless. Sometimes God's word tests our strength of character and resolve. <coughs> Samuel sat on the information until morning, until Eli pressed him. But when it was time to utter it, he did not lie or deceive. We receive God's instruction no matter how hard it is to bear, trusting that God is who he says he is, that God is good, and that he is love, and therefore his command is for our betterment and our healthy growth. Everyone thinks that those Ten Commandments are like, oh, gee whiz, Lord, why can't we go and do these things? It's for our betterment. And he's a good God. And these rules he gives us are not for his own ego. They're so that we can grow up in healthy ways. In ways that honor one another's dignity and humanness. So we receive God's instruction about how hard it is bear, trusting the Lord is who he says he is. He's good and he's love, and therefore his command is for our betterment and healthy growth. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him, as Eli responded. God initiates the conversation. We verify that it's God talking to us. We respond that we're ready to receive uh, the Lord's instruction by saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Four, we receive God's instruction. Now five, we go and we carry it out. That what we do in here fills the streets out there. We don't wait until morning like Samuel. We don't wait until Eli or some other pressure in our life forces it out of us. We deliver the good news that Jesus died for our sins and rose again for our eternal life. Use words if you have to, but always deliver God's message. We carry out God's calling on our life. So what can we do while we wait for God to initiate the conversation? How do, we, how do we become established for the Lord to appear and reveal himself? And the answer is, is habit. I'll explain more by using this illustration of New Year's resolutions. Show of hands. How many made any kind of resolution this, this year? Okay, a few, few of you brave souls. How many of you have kept your resolution by this point? Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. God bless you. Well, I came across a funny take on New Year's resolutions. Here are a few that many of us can keep without even trying. Gain weight. 
At least 30 pounds. <laughs> Read less. Procrastinate more starting tomorrow. <laughs> Create loose ends. Get further in debt. Find fault in yourself and others. Thought those were some pretty good ones. I also came across this one. This one's pretty good. In 2020, my resolution was I'll get my weight down below 180 pounds. 2021, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. <laughs> 2022, I'll develop a realistic attitude about my weight. 2023, I will work out three days a week. This year, I'll try to drive past a gym at least once a week. <laughs> New Year's resolutions, they're, they're, they're like goals, aren't they? They're sort of this goal that we set out. And goals are good, but without a plan to achieve those goals, they just remain a lofty vision, unaddressed. But when we make a plan to reach those goals, we're one step closer to achieving them. But even a plan is empty if we don't execute it. Executing our plans towards our goals turns instruction into habit. And habits help us reach our goals. If we wish to receive a word or vision from the Lord, we need to develop the habit of listening to Him speaking to us. And you're all doing that right now by being here this morning and still being engaged in the sermon. Except for that person. I just gave us nobody else. <laughs> God is talking to us all the time. The bright morning star is God's love letter in the sky for us this morning. His word is available to us 24-7 at our fingertips. His work in the world is all around us and the people we meet. I sense the Lord coming from many of you, all of you as I was talking with you this morning. I'm sure I'll sense it even more when I say a farewell at the door. But the habit of listening begins every moment we say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Ever get woken up in the middle of the night like Samuel? The older I'm getting, the more that's happening to me, I'm telling you. I don't know what's up with that. but Maybe it's 4 a.m. and you're not sure that you're going to go back to sleep. That's when you can begin to develop the habit of saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Maybe he directs you to a thought or scripture or calms your heart so you can fall back and sleep. But it's a perfect time to develop that habit of speak, Lord, for your servant hears. It makes you more susceptible to his speaking at other times throughout the day. Develop the habit of saying, speak, Lord, for your servant hears in the middle of the night when you're woken up in times of dryness, when there appears to be no word or vision from the Lord, in the dark times when our vision is dim and the lamp of God is almost out. Develop that habit of saying, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And Jesus Christ, the living word, he will come. For those of you, those of us who are more in the camp of Eli, <coughs> that is, those of us who have gained wisdom from on high and minister in the house of the Lord, the lamp of God has not gone out yet. Even if our sons and daughters are far from God, he can still transform our circumstances. He can deliver a word that will help us let go of our plans and dreams for our children to make room for new dreams and upcoming individuals who can hear the voice of God and will let none of his words fall to the ground. 
God can call us to raise up prophets and preachers and teachers and pastors and elders and deacons who can receive and share the word of the Lord and his visions. I'm looking out here and seeing some people who did that for me. I have some teachers of mine in the audience here. I have some parents of, uh, who were um, contemporaries with my mom who uh, we intersected with at different points in my childhood. It can happen, even now. Who are the new ones that are going to come through the door? Who are the new ones the Lord's going to put in your path? 1 Samuel marks the transition from, from theocracy. That is, uh, God's ruling through priests and prophets, where God is essentially the, the ruler. And it transitions from theocracy to monarchy, eventually King David. And Samuel is the agent who delivers that transition from theocracy to monarchy. He eventually picks King Saul and then King David. It was a reformation of God's people, Israel. Just as the printing press was another reformation or reformation. Is that where we got that word from for our church name? <laughs> of God's people. Where the Holy Bible transitioned from just the hands of the priests to all the people. And now the internet is another reformation for God's people. Where good, solid Christian theology is being transitioned from the holders of seminary degrees to all who are willing to say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And God puts a call in our lives into action as addressed here in 1 Samuel 3. So they're out there. They're surfing that net. They're trying to find out exactly what God's saying. And they need us, Eli's, to come along and say, yeah, that's a call I can do, Lord. Hmm, I'm not sure that's one. But that one is. The Lord's job is to establish us, to appear to, again to us, and reveal himself to us. Our job is to respond with, speak, Lord, for your servant hears, and help our brothers and sisters in Christ learn to do the same. God's seemingly harsh words are a transformation of goodness, that our lineage is not based on bloodlines, but on God's line. 3,000 years ago, the question, excuse me, a question was put out, can we put God's calling on our lives into action. Can we put God's calling on our lives into action? And 3,000 years ago, the question was answered in the affirmative with Samuel. Through faith in the cross and the empty tomb of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the answer is also a resounding yes in you. To God be the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. It comes at such an appropriate time. Help us, O oh Lord, to continue to prepare our hearts for what it is you have to share with us in 2024. Help us to be ready every moment to say, Speak, Lord. Your servant listens. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name, the living word. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to CDK Ministries Podcast. For more great content and upcoming live engagements, visit cdkministries.com. May the Lord bless you deeply.